Hey guys, welcome back to Investing Should Be Easy. I'm your host, Alex Richwagon, and tonight's show, um, we're going to go solo once again. We had trouble getting landed on schedule, so um, I, I found a really interesting article that I thought would be super important, and I got some mailbag questions as well. So combining those two topics, I felt, let's not skip the week, let's go out with a different um, podcast that we wanted to release this week. The article I read was on Fidelity, and it talked about some really interesting pieces around the market, the market getting very, um, very top-heavy, growth is outpacing um, earnings, and what do you do? I've got some options to think about, and then once we've gone through those options with some of the companies that came up, we'll actually um, hit a, uh, some mailbag questions as well. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to send an email at alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex.richwagon at gmail.com. Before we get started, let's cue that music in three, two, one. Investing should be. Right, we're back. So we've been in a series with a new investor, um, Landon, around his journey on starting a brokerage account, what's going on there, and some of the things he's run into around compliance and some of the reporting that brokerage houses have to do. So hopefully we'll we'll continue um, following with Landon. Tonight's show. I want to go through an article that I was doing some research on through Fidelity.com. I get all of their alerts. I've mentioned Fidelity several times on this show. I, I think their platform is really strong. It's easy to use. You've got um, a ton of research at your fingertips. And here's the best part. They've got free trading, just like Robinhood and uh, these other apps out there. Zero commissions, um, zero trading fees. They're banking on future wealth people to use their wealth management services to generate more income. But anyways, the article that came out was around how persistent growth, um, earnings growth, is now being outpaced by consumer sentiment, consumer confidence, and basically stocks have broken away from their underlying earnings. Why is that a problem? Well, if companies aren't growing as fast as their market value and their stock prices are being inflated, that could be a dangerous sign. That's saying that we're focused on potential, not actual growth. Uh, take our, our good buddy uh, Elon Musk over at Tesla, and they're always projecting these massive amount of car sales. They just came out this week. Another massive projection of car sales. 500,000 orders they're going to try to project next year. I'll believe it when I see it. That's why the stock gets hit all the time and it's so wonky. But for the overall market, that's something that uh, to start paying attention to. And we're going to go into a little bit of fundamental analysis on tonight's show. And fundamental analysis consists of looking at a company's um, breaking down their balance and income statements by using ratios, 
comparing those ratios against the market, against their competition, against our industry, and trying to understand where the opportunities lie within those ratios. <clears throat> so the first area, um, actually, no, the first area of fundamental analysis we're going to cover is called a peg ratio. It's something I use quite frequently. I, I like it as far as an indicator of future growth. Um, a peg ratio is a price to earnings growth ratio. And how it works is it, it's a, it's a, it divides the stock price um, forward price to earnings by its projected annual earnings growth per share. What does that mean? It, it can get a little complicated. I'm not going to lie. But think about it in terms of this. Use, you know we've talked about it before on the show with um, beta. Beta's um, mid-level measure is around 1.0. So think about the same thing with PEG is 1.0. If the value is greater than 1, the stock's trading at a premium, which means they need to satisfy future growth, such as a Tesla. If it's trading less than 1, the stock's trading at a discount. Given that the market keeps roaring higher and it's a lot of potential. If things happen, if there's another geopolitical risk, if the Fed decides to start increasing interest rates again, if um, the trade war with China picks up, if Trump decides to say something, um, <laughs> I'm just going to leave that alone. But any of those things could happen and push the market down. Um, I'm actually looking at undervalued stocks as a bigger proportion of my portfolio this year versus last year was very, very much growth centric. We did really well. And now I'm seeing some warning signs to take my foot off the gas. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't have exposure to growth, just in my opinion, but also start to move towards um, a discount strategy, a value strategy, companies that aren't growing as fast but do have solid income or solid balance sheets. So if you ran a screen in Fidelity, and this is what they did um, within the article, I'll, I'll include the article in the um, post when I post it out. Large cap stocks with the lowest peg ratio as of um, ending of January. And a lot of these companies I've heard of. So Synchrony Financial, um, ACC Bank, so banking companies, Credit Suisse, is um, brokerage banking spotify that's interesting citigroup another banking outfit vmware which is around um, software toyota motor motor cars um, the price um, price inventory of sales um, car sales are down they've been down been going down for multiple quarters in a row it's something that it's a indicator of possible recession. So that's something to keep aware of. And then also Delta Airlines, who they do a really good job of hedging their future um, strategies when it comes to their fuel costs. Out of all of those, the most interesting names, I if I had to dive in this, I'd go to Spotify. They've got a service-based model similar to that of um, like a Netflix where you're paying on a monthly charge. And then also Toyota, Delta, and VMware. I look at those because I've already got plenty of exposure to banking outfits, made some picks this year in the banking area, so I'm not looking for additional exposure. But those could be some really good ideas as far as 
undervalued companies that, except for the trick for Spotify, pay a dividend and are going to give you some lower risk and more stability in your portfolio. Whew, sorry. Kids make you yawn more often. That's that's the my excuse. Of course, if you wanted to think about it in terms of the other other way, if you're going for growth, for for example. So last last piece to talk about is the peg ratio of the lowest peg ratios with large cap companies. So if I thought the market's going to keep growing higher, and I you know which is I think it's going to going to continue to accelerate. I just think the acceleration is going to be less. And that's why I'm starting to hedge my bets by putting a little bit more rigor into value stocks. But here are some some names just off the top with um, top results mid large cap companies with the highest um, peg ratios out there. And talking about names, very common names that you would you would probably associate growth. Amazon, Salesforce, Netflix, Broadcom, uh, JDcom, which is a it's a version of um, like Amazon in, in China. And then Shopify. Shopify has been growing at a ridiculous rate. They are helping new companies get off the ground, companies that don't want to spend all the time to build a, um, a shopping experience platform. Or people that don't want to just have an Amazon presence, but want to have their own shop. If you want to sell whatever, it could be selling hot sauce. Shopify is a company that lets you get started within like a day, take uploads and pictures, and you literally get a pricing model and start advertising. The last one, super interesting name, um, at Leasian. Um, the stock symbol is T-A-M, T-A-M, T-E-A-M. I couldn't say that. Say it. Five times fast, T-A-M, T-E-A-M. Maybe I could get it right. Who knows? But that company is really interesting. And if you haven't heard of them, they supply a very specific and interesting piece of technology that I am aware of. Um, we use it at our, at our company today. And the technology is around um, a methodology and project management on the, the Agile discipline, which is... Um, putting a project in two-week sprints instead of um, a waterfall approach. And the biggest difference is that is, let's say you're an executive at a company and you want to pay for a project and the project's going to take six months. Well, in a waterfall approach, you give the project manager requirements. And you're like, hey, I want this project done in six months. Okay, here's your money. Well, they take the requirements, they go out and build it, and they come back six months later and go, here you go. Well, number one, your priorities could have changed. Your The model or the what you're looking for could have changed. What you told them and what was understood could have changed. In a agile format, that is a two-week process. So I give requirements, and every two weeks, they're going to check in to make sure they're on target. It's a much more iterative process. It seems to be the way a lot of companies are going with their project management cycles. Anyways, Atliasin um, supplies the the nuts and bolts behind the operation, which is called Jira. G J I R A. Can't spell tonight, but oh well. Very interesting company. It's been on my radar. I actually read about it in Fortune magazine 
um, about a year or so ago. And just to, just to do a quick check how they're doing over the last year going into Yahoo Finance, one year, about 50% growth over the last year, um, 36 billion market cap. And I haven't studied it completely as far as the fundamentals, but maybe something I should have had in my portfolio. That's a super interesting company. Um, so something that I might take a look at within the growth patterns between them, um, Qualcomm, and then you've got you know some obvious uh, other players like Netflix and Amazon. Another way to find investment ideas, and again, this is getting you thinking, getting you kind of put your mindset, like, what do you think the economy is going to do? You can listen to all the pundits online who are trying to talk really loud and get you to listen and get you to keep listening because that's where the ratings go up. And that's how they make money. If you think the company's the stock market is going to keep going up, look for growth. If you think it's going to slow down like I do, go for value. Another way to evaluate um, a sector by using fundamental analysis, Fidelity offers a um, equity summary, summary score. It basically provides um, a view of ratings from independent providers. So on a quarterly basis, there are lots of analysts that follow Apple and they look, they look at their stock, they really look under the hood. And if you don't want to do all the research, you can just say, hey, What's the group of analysts telling me? What are they saying along the way? And this is that equity score that I'm talking about. So if you use the equity summary score, that's available on Fidelity. Again, this, this podcast isn't sponsored by Fidelity. I just like the product. I think they do a really good job of providing investors options. They provide them research. And the platform is really easy to use. And the technology is smart. So if you use the ESS score with large cap companies, those are significant um, market capitalization. Some of the names on the group, um, these are says all the analysts that are following them think they're going to have really good patterns. The first thing that stands out to me, a lot of healthcare company names. And if you've been following market the last few years, ever since I'll call it the famous Hillary tweet, uh, I want to say 2016, 2015, when she was running for president, she had tweeted out about healthcare companies um, price gouging and over, overcharging customers and how the cost of healthcare was just skyrocketing. Ever since then, I mean, seriously, it was the tweet that crushed a lot of the healthcare industry. While you've got an aging population, um, especially baby boomers that are all retiring, and they're going to need long-term a lot of health care, long-term care. They're going to need consistent upkeep that gets par- gets bundled in with Medicare. That they're going to need to, you know, if they want to survive and stay up, stay live longer, just like a lot of other people. So getting back to the list here, there's a lot of healthcare names: AbbVie, um, United Healthcare Group, Eli Lilly. GlaxoSmithKline, Amgen. And then you've got a sprinkling of some technology companies. Apple, Intel, Adobe, Qualcomm. But that's a really interesting mix that a lot of the analysts are bullish 
very bullish on the healthcare sector. So with all that said, if you put all this together, and again, I hope this is helpful as far as getting more information here, but if you took the objectives we talked about, um, we took the equity summary score and you combined it with companies that are rated higher, maybe in mid cap stocks that are expected to generate really good returns and adding multiple criteria that it could, could make your screen much more effective. Here's some other here's some other companies that come up with combining some of these um, scores, if you will, and some of the fundamental analysis. You've got Vertex Pharm- Pharmaceuticals, um, Vipshop. I don't know what Vipshop is. What is Vipshop? That's interesting to me. Every time I'll, I might see a uh, a company that kind of catches me off guard, I kind of get understand what they do. So what is Vipshop? Um, it is a foreign company out of the People's Republic of China, and they offer they they serve internet finance business, and then also they offer apparel sales. That's an interesting company. I'm personally not one to go out and grab international single companies. I'd invest in an ETF. I just have been burned in the past with investing in international companies because they don't have the same regulations that the SEC requires and they can do what they want. They can lie on their form. They can lie on their results and there's no real structure to penalize them, nor do they have to report on a quarterly basis. So personally, I'd stay away from that. There's also a few energy names in here. So you've got uh, Parsley Energy and Diamondback Energy. Both came in very neutral, but at least the very top. I know what Vertex Pharmaceutical is. First, and this kind of goes in with the other um, screen that was on the equity summary score, a lot of healthcare names. So what this all says to me, if you don't have any exposure to healthcare, maybe it's time to look at that as, a, as an item of something you believe in. And the trust me, that sector has gotten beaten up so much over the last four or five years, it could be time for a breakout. It's a lot of information. I hope some of us helped, but I want to go into one podcast or one um one mailbag question. Sorry, that I got in the mailbag this week. They got I got a few and they're related, but I'm just gonna answer one because we're starting to go a little bit long on the show. Um, actually, no, I think we can answer a few here. So I shared some recommendations. Um, with some internal folks, and then I got a mailbag question on one of those. And the question was this, Alex, what are your thoughts on 5G? Why is it not on your radar for 2020 investments? Thanks, Juan. Juan, thanks for the question. I 5G is on my radar. It just didn't make the list for me. Um, one of my favorite things to do as far as a strategy standpoint and how I came up with really good ideas after multiple levels of analysis was um, looking at an ETF and breaking it down. And so what do I mean by that? I personally, and it's been proven out pretty well, think there's um, a very large opportunity in areas like artificial intelligence, um, 
finance, financial system, financial services right now, and then also uh, cybersecurity. So cybersecurity, they have an ETF that's very well known. It's called Hack, just like hacking a computer. And I've broken down that ETF several times to find out what are the companies that are in there, where are the opportunities, and how do I leverage what somebody else has already done with all of the portfolio they put together for a ETF and take advantage of that. So that's kind of my approach when I think about um, a sector and trying to get more information around pure plays or different ideas to see which companies stand out. 5G, um, getting back to the question, and lots of research, I think it's years away. I don't, I, there's so much infrastructure that needs to be done in order to get there. Um, I was reading, I think I was reading an article in Fortune recently about how 5G is just at the tip of the iceberg and it's not projected to really hit mainstream to the end of the year. I'll have to go back and look at that. But the, the impact of 5G is really helps the now society and that that attitude of not having to wait for things. I'm not saying having to wait for things is bad, but sometimes it's not, it's not the end of the world if you've got to wait five minutes for a movie to download versus having it downloaded in 30 seconds or five seconds. That's what 5G is looking to do. But also 5G opens up a lot of connectivity from a smart devices network and also the internet of things. That's where I think the bigger piece is going to come as far as like in smart homes and um, connecting devices that can learn and understand your patterns and your habits of the shows you want to watch. Think about it in terms of this. If you watch the same show every night at like 6.30, you know, whatever it is, by the time you get home, open the door, if the TV knew that you already have a system or habit that you've got to turn on that TV, maybe it turns on for you, turns on that channel for you, records it, and does something else. Um, does it talk to the refrigerator to make sure that you've got your favorite, I don't know, sodas, milk, beer, whatever. But that's where 5G really gets interesting. It's not really here yet. There's a there's a little bit further to go. I think it's at least a year out. So that's why um, I'm staying away from it. But what I would do if you think it is um, an interesting play, there is a ETF that is made up of very specific like 5G companies. Um, they've got a lot of moving parts in there, so there's not exactly a pure play, but there are pure plays in there. ETF is called FIVG, so standing for 5G. It's got a lot. It's there's one thing that in there that kind of bugs me around the ETF is phone companies. And what I mean by phone companies, I'm talking about Verizon, AT and T. Um, I don't think Spectrum is a national brand, but um, Sprint, T-Mobile, as though they all race to get coverage for 5G. Phones are fine. Phone companies. Not so much. I, I just see in today's age, there's a lot less loyalty. The research that I do, customers are, they're not as sold to one brand. There's there's price more pricing power, there's more competition, and there's less predictable profits. If you wanted something that looked like a like a phone company, but you wanted the steady growth, I look at something like a defensive stock, like um, home improvement stores like Home Depot or Lowe's. That's how I would do that, but that's why um, 
to give you the long answer of why 5G is not in my portfolio and why I'm not looking at that as an investment right now, I just don't think it's here right now. I think it's far left out. Um, similar to how I feel about um, self-driving cars. I think people just love driving. I'll give you a quick story. I So my, um, my car, I, I took it for a routine oil change. And when um, I, have a, I have a Honda. And when I took it to the dealership, they offer this great service where they actually will come pick you up. They will drive you home. They'll pick you up later. And same thing with my wife's um, got a Toyota. And it was funny. I was talking to the, the driver and he just said, I love driving. And I just, you know, asked, I know this is one opinion, but I think it still means something when you talk to people about a job they do. So no, I would never want to be in a self-driving car, which is proven by a lot of evidence from national consumers, people like to drive. It's a it's a it's a freedom, it's a luxury. People like to do it. I don't think that's here and I don't think 5G's 5G is not as far away, but self-driving cars is way, way further out. The other um the other questions one, got a few of them here, is if I was looking at 5G, how do you feel about um, Nokia, CCI, um, Cisco, and Qualcomm? Qualcomm is one that isn't necessarily a pure play, but they've got some good stuff going on in their company. Um, the other ones I dug into a little bit further because I didn't really know a whole lot about Nokia or CCI. Um, Nokia is a it's a it's a, almost a pure play into 5G, but their company is really struggling over the past year, the past five years. They, they've they missed earnings. They've got negative profit margins. They lost more than 50% of market value the last year. The entire market was outperforming. I mean, crap. If you were to just put your money into the S&P last year, you'd be up 28% and you would not even worry about it. And Nokia can't get their crap straight. I'm sorry. Even the last five years, the stock's trading around $3 a share. is trading at $8 five years ago. That's crazy. I, I don't like that play at all. I think the management team is um, a bunch of crooks. I don't know what they know what they're doing, but if they're constantly missing earnings, they're leading the analysts in the wrong direction. So I, there's something I'm missing there. Um, also with CCI, um, another company that I have to take a look at, they are banking on creating tower operators and buying the real estate for 5G connections. Oh, kids are making me on. And um, anyways, but when I looked at it even further, like real estate is overvalued. So real estate investment trusts, which have to pay out 90% of their profits as dividends, it's overbought. It's overbought. The, the um, real estate entrustment trusts overall were um, overvalued right now. I don't like the fundamentals. They have some negative projections according to everything else that I looked at going forward. So I don't like either one of those. Um, and it kind of ties in with the entire analysis of 5G. I just don't think it's here. I think it's being overplayed. I think they're going to advertise the crap out of it. And we're going to be looking at fourth quarter before we actually see a dent. Um, that's just my take on all the things that I know. And the last question was... Um, a stock that I've had in my portfolio recommendations for the last couple of years is called um, INBE, um, Identive. 
And where did that come from? I haven't seen it. It's not a pure cyber play. I need some more help. Where did you get here? Um, great questions. When I studied Hack, which was the cybersecurity ETF, and came up with, you know, started analyzing all the stocks that are in there, over 100 stocks, this one stuck out as far as a, they had cash, they had um, a product that, um, let me read off some of the product stuff they do besides um, physical, physical security solutions. They, they're into um, technology around smart card readers, um, payment, payment smart card readers. They're, they've got mobile smart card readers. Um, they get tokens and terminals to enable um, access. They've got security identification applications. They're into payment, health, government um, assistance. And the most important thing for me that was really cool, they get into NFC and radio frequency identification products. That's huge. That whole that whole thing is the um, NFC radio frequency, the tags that um, it's not the same exact area of product. But think about in terms of this. As company like UPS has um, partnered up with Amazon to deliver more packages, they've got these smart systems that are amazing. I mean, reading about these articles and seeing some of the videos online for their smart distribution centers that include um, the ability to get a package out of the warehouse in something like six minutes, I believe, or six seconds. It was something crazy like that. They need these NFC um, radio frequency tags. That way the smart system understands where everything is and they can have readers. If this is a play into that, I'm not sure if it's pure play, but they're in the right zone and into a lot of different pieces along with security. I thought it was a really cool company. Um, I've been trading. I've been buying it since a three and a half a share. It's trading above six now. So it's been a really good risk based on the returns. And it's a micro cap. It, it trades for less than a billion dollars. They passed my screens. They've got great upside potential. And I've been building on the portfolio. Getting back to the, the top of the hour on the show, we talked about value companies and how I see the market going forward. This is a company that I'm going to start reducing, start taking some of the profits and taking some money off the table and then reinvesting it into um, safer, safer positions things that pay dividends, um, value, things that are underappreciated because I'm going to keep this in the portfolio for a while because I think it's got mega up, upwards potential. But in the same element, I don't want so, so much risk on my portfolio that it starts to become nervous to me. So that's kind of the ending of the last thing that Juan had asked about. I thought those were really smart questions. I appreciate the questions. And I think those kind of things help to bring in a listener's perspective of what do they see, what do I see, challenge each other a little bit, and try to understand the point of view because I think that's how we all learn and we all get better. Um, so, whoo, that was a really interesting show from my perspective. I, I hope you enjoyed it again. That These are things I hope is going to make you think, make you smarter, and make you a better investor. So, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to send me an email at alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex.richwagon at gmail.com. Hope you have a fantastic night, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. 
Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.